0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Jim the Keys, bartender. Yeah, I threw them all in there. I say, I, I guess I could have said greetings, but that sounds a little geeky, right? Like a freaking nerd. No, but yeah, I do like saying greetings. I am a nerd. Hey, I'm almost 60 years old and I can get away with me now. I just had a conversation with a, uh, a younger uh, person today and we were talking about uh, fashion about, I just did my spin class in the morning. If you're not familiar with it, I'm a spin instructor. I don't do a lot of I'm kind of like a spin leader, right? So we finished the class. A couple of students take these small towels they have and create it to, uh, you know, like a headband. No headbands used to be something they'd use a lot back in the 70s and 80s. You don't see them as much today. As they used to be, but it was really great at keeping that sweat from pouring into your eyes. And uh, I said, "Hey, I wonder why that." And I'm talking to this woman in my class, young woman in my class. And I said, "Well, I wonder why people aren't doing that anymore." And this young woman said, "Uh, "I like headbands. I mean, I don't know why I didn't bring mine. That's why wrap, you know, towel, roll it up, make it a little one." And I said, "You know what? I think that's a thing to do, but." And then we got in a conversation about different styles. And I said, you know what? I really, I hate being, trying to be cognizant of what's in and what's out, fashion wise. Okay? Back in the early 90s, the fanny pack came out. And lo and behold, you know, for a person that didn't want to, the guys, when you're doing something like you're running, or hiking, there was nothing like having a fanny pack. And it's just like a pouch, like a utility belt, like Batman has. And you can put your wallet, your keys in it, and it's not all slashing around in your pockets. And it's secure, you know? If you take a tumble, you don't lose shit, and stuff like that, especially with the advent of phones and all that stuff. And it's secure around your waist. But then, for some reason, in the 90s, it just said, you know guys cannot use fanny packs or you and I hate to use the word use the word but I'm going to throw it out to you're a fucking nerd so I became a slave to fashion and I stopped I threw out my fanny pack now as I'm approaching 60 I'm thinking well you know I do take care of myself I'm relatively physically fit why don't I go back to it because I don't give a shit anymore you know, that's that thing. As you get older, you start... The things that used to... You used to... You, you worry about your hair, or how you look, and things like that. I do care about how I look. I take care of myself. I work out hard to maintain my fitness level. I am a vain person. I said that several times. And I i I do... You know, I try to get some colors. You know, I understand. I'm, I had several times the women that I was uh with at times they used to catch me going out the door and said stop stop you're not wearing that and i go what's wrong with this and they say you can't wear clothes like that you're just you know it's just all put together wrong and through trial and error i got to be a little more a little more fashion conscious i know I know. I know that certain shoes go with certain suits, certain ties. You know, you don't wear like a flannel shirt with a suit. I'm sure there's probably a style for that, but I know that. But that we had a nice, interesting conversation about that. And I was thinking, boy, you know what? I'm thinking I might get one of those. But you know what? I don't do the things that I did that I really would need a fanny pack anymore you know bike riding probably be the the one thing if i did more bike riding i know as a spin instructor i took up spin so i wouldn't have to ride the bike outside because i almost got hit several times i actually got hit by a truck one time but i didn't i it was a glancing blow it turned me around a couple times i landed on my feet i made it up so i thought you know what after two more close calls i said you know what i'm gonna do my bicycling indoors and if i get hit when i'm indoors. God meant me to be hit indoors. That's just my view. Okay. Now's the time. I just want to do this. Well, I want to thank uh, this podcast, the Keys Bartender Podcast, is brought to you by Key Largo Chocolates. Operated by the Peterson families, Key Largo Chocolates is a favorite destination for locals and vacationers with locations in Key Largo and Almorada. You'll find an assortment of handcrafted treats, such as 36 flavors of small batch ice cream and sorbetto now that's the italian word for sorbet also they have truffles because they're chocolate truffles fudge cookies Uh, they have chocolate covered potato chips uh, key lime bark all these interesting things and they have this really great key lime pie and frozen key lime pie bars to name a few and the great thing when you're visiting in person, it's a. Uh, they are located in Key Largo at 100 and 470 Overseas Highway. That's 100 470 Overseas Highway in Key Largo. It, you know, it's all mile markers down here. And in Almorada, it's 81933 Overseas Highway in Almorada. And they also have a website, it's keylargochocolates.com. You can check out their wares, you can take a look at uh, their facility, the uh, products they offered. You could order online. You can see the other services they do, catering. They handle parties and things like that. Brian and Rich, the owners, the Petersons, we'd be glad to help them. Be sure to tell them that the Keys bartender sent you. So, let's get back to it. I'm a bartender, right? Last night, I'll tell you a brief story. Once again, I had a group of people. They came in about 20 minutes before closing. Now, I'm not going to kid you with this. I, at the end of the night, I like to go home. I do. But I also like talking to people too. But the problem is, I work with people that want to go home too. And a lot of them work longer than me. So when someone comes in late and I have to order food the kitchen closes at a certain time those guys work a long time in the kitchens yes if they have a lot of tickets up they will go every so often go after that but we try not to inundate them because it's hot back there and he worked very hard so i'm also you know i'm kind of balancing like who's coming in how are we going so if it's nine o'clock and there's no more orders that's when the kitchen closes and then we start slowly closing up the restaurant. You know, let the people eat. They have a couple drinks maybe. Eat some dessert and have them on their way. Well, during that, we had a nice group of people there. I didn't get their names because I was doing my closing procedures. And they were calling me John. And I thought, I never saw these people before. And I thought, I'm not going to correct them. And you'd say, well, why didn't you correct them? I said, well, I'm really, you know, John, Jack, or Jim. I don't really care. You know, it's, not, it's all in the thing. And they call me John. I say, that's great. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. And then towards the end, they go, okay, it was really great. And uh, your name is John. And I go, no, no, it's Jim. Oh, we've been calling you John. I said, yeah, yeah. I, I said, I don't really. I've been called much worse than John before. And John's actually, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I can see myself being a John or a Larry or an Adam. He's a Dirk, a Dirk, or I never wanted to be a Chad. But, or Brett, I could be a Brett. You know, I never wanted to be a Ringo though. That's a weird thing about it. But you know, a name's a name. And I try not to embarrass people by correcting them on that. I had a guy call me Larry for six months and I guess he thought there's a uh, a famous bartender up at the Caribbean Club his name is Larry and he's a big guy and they said he's a you know big you know well known bartender and for some reason I don't really get it you know how I I always kind of pride myself of being self aware of how I come off I realize, again, I'm a little strong personality and jerky and kind of uh, cheesy with my jokes. But I never really get, like if you're working in a long, long time at a place and you kind of stand out and you're loud, that you gain a certain type of notoriety. It doesn't make you famous. It makes you famous in your small circle. And then people may mention you and people say, oh, I heard about you. And I know they talk about him and they say, you know, oh, Jim yelled at me. I, I don't always yell at people, really. And then sometimes when I yell, it's to be heard. Because in the bar that I work, when you get about 30 people in there, it is loud. And I use my voice. I use my voice. I never have, I never lose my, I use my voice. I don't lose my voice. Uh, right now, I don't, I don't scream. I kind of do that drill instructor bark when I talk to people. And it comes off sort of aggressive. I understand that. But I say, listen, I want to be heard. I want you to hear that specials, this is the specials we add at Oysters or this and that. And I try to do this as a service to you. So do not take offense to it. And if you could... I don't mind if you speak loud. Sometimes it is tinged with with, uh, maybe anger or frustration. Hey, I got to be grown up and I got to relax about that sometimes. So I don't really worry about it. Moving on. When uh, I had a conversation also last night about consistency in drink. One of my co-workers asked me to make her a drink at the end of the night. She says, oh, I like this cocktail and I like the other person's uh, Cosmopolitans. And I said, what is it about their Cosmopolitans like?" Now, I wanted to truly, I truly wanted to, I was tinged. There was, once again, I used the word tinge, but there was a little bit of jealousy. You know, like, oh, I want to be good at everything. Darn it. No. I'm not going to be good at everything. I understand that. I just I just want to know what is it you like about it so I can try to make it that way. I don't mind doing that. When I want to hear that another spin instructor or a wedding officiant or a podcaster does something that people like. I don't know if I'd be able to do that with podcasts because I won't be able to change the voice or the way I do ooms and ahs and paws and crap like that. You can tell I've been drinking a little coffee. Well getting back to it. I'm almost lost there. So I was talking about the drink and I said, what do you like? And he said, oh, I just like it. And she says, oh, you, you don't really know. She goes, I don't know what she does, but she does a good job. Then I thought about that and I go, oh, well, I can't be good at everything. Every so often I get a person that comes into a regular. There's about two or three of them that come in and we get hundreds and they ask other people that work there to make their drinks now originally i thought it was kind of a slap in the face it says like i don't want him making my drink i want you making my drink and i go oh man you got me and then i realized they got me twice because i shouldn't have gave a shit go ahead and make it you know i mean the baser side of me the, you know, the shallow side saying, good luck when you come in and I'm only here and that other person isn't here and I got to make it. Now you're going to be unhappy because you always do it that way. And you may think I'm going to purposely make it bad. Not true. I always try to make the drinks as well as I can. And this where it comes up with the topic I want to talk about. Consistency. You know, drinks sometimes are like people. Everyone is different. Even if a gin and tonic. You know, sometimes the tonic could be a little strong. It could be the mixture of the syrup to the soda. The, the lime you put in it could be a little more flavorful. There could be juice on it. It could be a drier lime. The gin, if you're drinking bar gin, if it's a good bar gin or, you know, not so good. It could be, you could they could be putting more or less in it. We do a lot of free pouring. Free pouring is done a lot of times using, a, a lot of bars do this because they put out a lot of drinks but when you're using more premium liquor you'll see people use shot pours and uh, shot glasses you know to measure it out because if you're pouring a a liquor that costs 20 30 40 dollars an ounce or an ounce and a quarter to be depending what it is if it's scotch sometimes scotch pour is two ounces but in a regular drink an ounce and a quarter for a gin and tonic, but we kind of eyeball it. So you can end up getting generally free pour. You get a little more, you get about two ounces of liquor, and that you know that's actually bad. You got to be careful around that. Uh, but there's all sorts of things that affect the consisti- consistency of the drink. You got um, a bartender who's putting out fifty drinks an hour, and a luxury has a luxury of. Time. It's a premium place. The drinks cost. They're high-priced drinks. The cheap drinks are what twelve dollars, and uh, drinks go up to go up from there. So they he may only make or she, I should say, bartender because this is non-gender specific. I don't use barmaid. Uh, they can be making putting out. Let's say at most fifty drinks an hour, so they can spend their time doing the stirred martinis and things like that And then there's the bartender that's pushing out 200 drinks an hour. One is myriad of drinks in between but let's say it's high volume and on a Saturday night when I'm busy it feels like I'm putting out 200 drinks an hour. I think I'm putting out 200 that's beer wine mixed drinks and besides that, places that are like that, When you're at a premium, uh, like a high end restaurant, the bartender will have a bar back. They'll have a hostess. The bartender doesn't answer the phone. The bartender uh, at the high end places doesn't handle to go orders. In some places they may, but most likely not. So they're focused on making the drink. Now, my particular place, and I'm not complaining about it, it's what I chose to do because it is a free country. We make the drinks, we take food orders at the bar, we answer the phone when we're not busy, we take to-go orders, we process the to-go orders. When we have people at the bar and to-go orders when they're going out, we tally because we don't use a POS system, we use a ticket system. So we tally everything. We put the, we got to write the prices down, we got to add it. We got to put it into an atom machine so we can get the proper tax. And then a lot of times if we get cash. I, um, you're giving change. I got to put that. I got to do that tallying twice. So I, you know, give them the total. Give it to the person. The person gives me cash or a credit card and stuff like that. Then I don't have to worry about it because if it's a credit card, I just process the credit card, put a total in. But if it's cash, I got to tally it again on the cash register. And people go, what the hell is that? What is this guy doing? I just want to get my goddamn drink and get out of here. He's, he's making my drink. It took him like four seconds to make my drink. And it's taken him two minutes to take my payment. It's not two minutes to take your payment. But it feels like it sometimes. Okay? But all those things, all those distractions, when you're describing the menu to someone, when someone has a problem saying, I have a gluten allergy, or I'm a nut allergy. I have a dairy allergy. I have a dairy, dairy nut, and gluten allergy. And I'll just go, God damn it, why do you even leave the house? What? No, no strawberry allergy? Right? So, there's so many things that could go wrong with it. So that's where consistency kind of varies and it helps when you go and take that in consideration when i say consistency i'm not saying that you order a gin and tonic and you end up getting a rum and coke i'm talking a gin and tonic and you want your muddled limes some people want muddled limes in the bottom of them. i'll do it real quick boom i'll hit it with the muddler and make the gin and tonic no problem but sometimes they want a step-by-step process people go hold on hold on now i got 12 drinks to make I can't spend three minutes on your drink. Now, I can do a lot in a minute to make your drink. I can do a lot, but I can't spend two minutes listening to you explain me how to make your drink. When it's really busy, when it's slower, you can come and do that. And there are people that they need their holding and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. If you go to McDonald's. And order a cheeseburger, you don't go up to the counter and say, I want it medium rare. This and that. Oh, can you put Swiss cheese on it? Nope. Because that's fast food. And we're a fast drink place. Now, sometimes we can. Sometimes people think they're at a high-end restaurant when they're really at a good family restaurant that has a full bar and tries to do right by them by doing all this crazy drinks out there not that there's a lot of crazy drinks now we have a, uh, a drink menu with maybe 15 items on there but i tell people i say listen if there's how many bottles you see these bottles see that i got about 60 bottles in the rail and i got about another 25 up on there that's 85 Now, look how many words in the English language, and there's only 26 letters. There's a multitude of words. Think about all the different drinks I can make with 85 liquors. Now, obviously, some of the liquors are the same. There's like maybe six kinds of gin, seven types of tequila, 12 types or 15 types of vodka. Yes, I understand that. But just think about it. There's all these liqueurs and things and mixers and mint, lime, agave, nectars. You know, the thing. You can make so many drinks. So I said, tell me what you want. I'll make it. Please try to be brief, though. Treeside, be brief. That's the nice thing about late at night when it kind of, you know, when we, right before we close, someone comes up to have a specialty drink. Like, tell me exactly what you want. I have all the time in the world. To make your drink. Now, happy hour, four thirty, five o'clock today, it could be a different tale to be told when, you know, five people at the bar want their drink. There's 12, 15 drinks someone's uh, our waitresses are ordering on the floor. It's just an order of operation we have to go through. And sometimes, yes, we're not going to be exact. So it really helps. And, you know, a lot of customers, when they see you flourishing, you know, doing your, your drink, you're shaking your mojito, you're mixing your uh, Manhattan, old-fashioned, you're muddling the fruit in there, and then splashing it. The, they think, oh, this is perfect. I get people to come in and say, you always make it back. I said, oh, I hope I do. But I, I'm pretty sure that most bartenders make it exactly the way I do. I mean, they could do a little different. They may put water. They may, may put a splash of water. May put a splash of club soda. They may put a little more syrup. I kind of have a tendency. I go light on some of the mixers for the finer drinks. This way, if someone says, "Ah, it's a little, it's a little strong," it's easy to add mixer. It's tough to take it out. So that's my big hint for today. So don't get all hung up at a busy place about. Perfection. You wanted it to be an area to drink, and it makes it more pleasant for you when you're not such a stickler. You know, if you're if you have a serious case of OCD, it's gonna be a bitch for you wherever you go. You got people that do say, Don't put that goddamn pickle on my plate. Or I don't want to see an olive in my martini. You know, a lot of times when you order a martini, and you don't say "Don't put any olives in it." I don't want an olive. You now it happens. It happens sometimes. Don't freak out. I've had it done, where someone said, you know, when they ordered a martini. But I, t- I tend to see when someone orders a drink, a server orders a drink. I, ha- I let them garnish because a lot of times the people at the table tell them what they want in it. Okay, normally, like some rum and coke people don't line, to lie. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. And you know what? Generally, I just want to make it just as well for people. You know, that's, I wanted them to enjoy it. I really do. But, you know, sometimes you when you order a Bloody Mary, sometimes it's a little spicier and then sometimes... Not everyone makes their same mix the same way. You know, it's going to be different. And if you enjoy different ways, people make... All sorts of things, slightly different. There's variations. You can enjoy all of them. And the more happy you are with a variety, the happier you are as a person. That's just my feeling. Lastly, I want to talk about vibes. You ever you ever have that feeling when you walk up to people and every so often you just feel a dread come upon you? Your heart sinks. Now, sometimes you have it. I'm not talking about people you know and you've had experiences. And you know there's going to be some drama. Yeah, that's easy to remember. You can say, there's good vibes. There are people that come in. They're always exuberant. They're always fun. They're always kind of like your fan. You know, they're always happy seeing you. And there's other people that are kind of downers. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the first time you meet somebody and his vibes, and vibes aren't necessarily just good and bad I wanted to get into the good and bad vibe sometimes you run into people that you get a bad vibe I'm like during Irma right after Irma I got a couple people that would roll in right after we reopened after Hurricane Irma back in 2017 I saw these guys came walking in the front door they didn't have their shirts on they weren't homeless guys I didn't see them before and I just got a bad vibe the way they walked in. And I just said, turn around and put your goddamn shirt on. I said it right then. Because they should have known. We have a door and walls. You don't walk in with a, without a shirt on. And they had their shirts tucked in. It wasn't like people that didn't own a shirt. I mean, God, I've had people walk in with shoes. I don't like that. When people walk in. Because they can cut their feet if they're broken glass and stuff. There's a liability issue. But sometimes I let it slide. But the shirt thing, yes, you're going to have to wear it. And I got a bad vibe from that. Just because if you're ready to do that, walk into a place, you probably don't have too many compunctions about not doing it. There's no boundaries for you. But that's one type of vibe. Sometimes you walk into people and you just got... The, they stand offish, and they—you get in a vibe that they're a solitary person, and they sit at the bar, and you go, "Wow, that's an interesting place for them to sit." When you can look at the person, they're very shy, but they got to eat, and I think they become somewhat accustomed. To sitting at the bar. So I just kind of look up and I come up to him and I try to be as formal as possible with the greeting and say to him, good afternoon. How are you, miss? How are you, sir? Blah, blah, blah. You can order anything from the lunch and dinner menu. Here are specials over here. May I get your refreshment cocktail, beer or wine or water? And try to be is cut and dry not joke around with them, and and uh, not even go to how are you today because i just get that vibe that this person just wants to order food they want to get their water they want to get their their utensils they need to, and and then all that, when they order something to get a burger or they get of if they end up getting a flaming or whatever do you want steak sauce with that If you get a burger do you want mayonnaise on the side that's it Keep it to bare bones. That's a vibe. And then there's one where someone's sad. Now, there's an upset and a sad vibe. The sad vibe is something happened bad. And I try to be kind of surreptitiously nurturing. I come under. When I come under, when I say I come over and say hi, I don't ask them how they're doing. I just go up and say hello and i would be as kind in my voice and say, can I get you anything today? Because when someone's sad, I don't have to ask them, how are you today? Or someone's upset. If I'm close to those people, if I'm if they're a regular, I'll just say, how are you? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Can I do anything for you? Okay? Now, when they're upset, Something could have just happened. Are you okay? Now, that's a stranger. When they come in, I've had strangers come in. They're really upset. And they say, well, I just got an accident. I just got some horrible news. Blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, what can I get for you right now? What do you need? And sometimes it's an emergency. They came in. They just need to make a phone call. Blah, blah, blah. Or something. Or they just need a glass of water. I need to, I need to sit down and calm down. And yeah, it's infrequent. But it happens. Now, if it's someone I know, they, they actually want to be consoled. You know, people, uh, strangers necessarily don't want to be They just want to get out of it. There's people that are celebratory. You can see that when they come in. Not, you know, if they're wearing it, I'm getting married. You know, bride or birthday girl birthday boy or whatever stuff like that you can tell that stuff i'm just saying you could tell without that stuff that someone's celebrating they're coming in they're happy they just want to do it i i've had people celebratory they're in the keys we're on vacation um they came in tremendously after up and i think i ruined one particular people when they're They were in a celebratory mood because they came up and said, we're going to get even more effed up. And I said, not here. Because I didn't know, you know, they just came in. I don't know what they drank before. So whatever I gave, they could already be completely, I'm not talking tipsy. I'm talking they were drunk. I'm not serving a drunk person. That's done. That ship, I mean, I've, I'm going to admittedly say I've served people until they were intoxicated because sometimes you don't even know. You don't know what medication they're on. You don't know what they ate that day, how much sleep they had, how much they're uh, Resil, you know, how, how resilient they are with alcohol. But when they're already intoxicated coming in, I'm like saying, nope. You're done. You're done here. I hate to be a mood killer. But there's there's the aggressive. There's the aggressive. The aggressive one, there's all different ones. People come in aggressive for some time, And that could be hand in hand with the intoxicated. They're aggressive. You don't, I mean, sometimes I don't look like the guy they want to deal with. That's their decision. They made that decision. I'm not the person they want to deal with. And I go, well, okay, well, you know, your aggressive stance is not going to ease your way to better service. I'm going to try to. A couple times I had to go over to people and say, listen, I think we got off on the wrong foot. My name is Jim, or I can say John or Jack, (laughs) whatever. Um, What's your name? No, I get to know their name, get to know them. They know me, they hear my name. Just like a serial you know, you ever see those movies where a serial killer, if you humanize yourself and create some sort of an attachment, empathy, that person say, well, this guy's kind of like me. He's just working. Why am I being aggressive to him? He's doing his job. I had, it's interesting, it was right after Irma too. I had two big guys come in. Big, big guys. Muscular, big men. And they were rough looking. And they were aggressive. Now, they were around my size, if not bigger. But I had the authority as the bartender. So, I came back and I said, Okay, stand your ground. Don't be timid. Don't You cannot back down. You cannot back down. There's something, you gotta be Gary Cooper in high noon, or you can quickly lose control. It's one of the things. You ever hear that saying? A coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero just one. Now I'm not saying you're gonna die for some some, you know, because you got aggressive people. I'm just saying you gotta take command no matter what group of people, you have the authority. You have the authority. You take command. You be succinct, polite, not defensive, but meet that, you know, with this aggression shall not stand. With your hand out, stop. Before you continue. What's your purpose here? Now, if their purpose is coming here just to go... uh, I mean, I haven't had that where he just came in and started a fight. They wanted a drink. I said, you know what? Let's start with the right attitude. You know, I'm not talking about they have to bow before me or anything like that. But let's let's be reasonable. And you know what? Most times that works. I get guys like the seventh stop into a bachelor party on a bus. And they come in and they think, Because they got a number, you know how people are in a mob, right? When I'm not saying the mob, mafia, I'm talking about in a group. People have a tendency in a mob to behave differently than they would when they're by themselves. You got some assholes that are always going to be aggressive anyway. But a a group of people could be, the dynamic in it could be slightly different. And if, you, if I know one of the people, I'll just say, hey, listen, these, these guys are getting a little out of hand. I'll talk to them first. You know, this is our bar, not their bar. So that's vibe for me. And I always try to get that vibe. You get the happy vibe, you try to let them roll with the happy vibe. Don't screw up the happy vibe someone has coming in. They're happy, they're on vacation, what's your name, Buh, blah, blah, blah. Happy to be here. No matter how miserable you are, don't mess with someone's happy vibe. When someone's miserable, sometimes you can turn it around. Sometimes you can turn that miserable vibe around. Sometimes a person is just an asshole. And that goes for men and women. But it's really important to get that body language right. It's easy. It's, it's important to communicate. It's, mo- it's, it's, it's very important to say, hey, I think uh, I think we got off on the wrong foot. Let's start again. Instead of just going, mm, don't be an asshole, asshole. Which, from my neck of the woods in Philadelphia, we say that a lot. So getting that vibe and kind of going with it. Some people can't turn around. Other people you can turn around. Sometimes that vibe is a revelation of who that person is. Sometimes it's just the way they are right then. And you don't have to you don't want to be giving off the wrong vibe either. I've done that many a times. I'm not a hypocrite about that. Well, that's pretty much it for today. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Key Largo Cho- Chocolates. Now remember, if you go to see them or you like to order from them or anything, tell Brana and Rich, the people working at Key Largo Chocolates, that the Keys bartender sent you. And remember, you can always get additional information at www.keylargochocolates.com. Thank you very much and have a great day.